If you're already following me on my other social media accounts, then I'm sure you've heard that I'm taking clients and I am so excited. If you're struggling with your weight, relationship with food, a specific health concern, or you just need motivation to live a healthier lifestyle, then come work with me. I want to be your accountability partner. Visit my website that I have linked in the show notes and book your free 30-minute consultation with me and we can figure out the best plan that works for you. You're listening to the Nutrition by Lex podcast with Alexis Roberts, a dietetic graduate student and soon-to-be registered dietitian. Hey guys, welcome back to the Nutrition by Lex podcast. I am here with Lulu Godden. Um, She is the owner of Lulu Godden Instagram page and she's all about wellness and self-love and women's health and everything. She's amazing. Um, Lulu, if you just want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everyone listening, um, give them a little background about yourself before we dive into our topic today. Yeah, totally. Um, hi everyone. I'm so happy to be here. My name's Lulu Godden. Um, my Instagram is just Lulu Godden, L-U-L-U-G-O-D-I-N. Um, I'm a registered holistic nutritionist. I'm also a certified, um, holistic health coach, a certified personal trainer. I teach group fitness, um, and I specialize in women's health, hormones, um, digestion, and disordered eating. So I have a lot of certifications yeah. um, and I absolutely love what I do. I'm also a health and wellness blogger um, and I work with brands on my Instagram and my blog. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me and what I do. Awesome. Yeah. You've got a ton of certifications under your belt that I wasn't even quite aware you had that many. <laughs> you, have, yeah. you have a broad spectrum of clients that you work with, which is awesome. Um, Today, we're going to be focusing on hormone balancing and women's health in general. And you guys, I'm going to have to be honest with you. I am not an expert in this field at all, which is why I decided to have Lulu on for this episode because I thought she would be the perfect person to come on and just help you guys and me even understand hormone balancing and what it is and how we get to a even balance of hormones um, in our daily lives. And cause I know you are so knowledgeable about this topic. I was even watching your Instagram story. Like I was telling you a little bit earlier about how you went and got acupuncture or something done all over your face. You'll have to tell us about it. It sounded so interesting. Um, but your skin was like completely glowing afterwards. So I was like, wow, I need to know what she did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess like I can start off telling you like a little bit about my hormone journey. Sure. Um, so I was on the pill, like the hormonal birth control pill for seven years. So I went on it when I was 15. Um, just as like, as you do, it's basically prescribed for everything, whether that's like actually to regulate your period or to make it lighter or for acne or for like actually, um, like helping you not get pregnant. Um, but I went on it basically to, um, regulate my period. So I was put on it when I was 15 and I was on it for seven years. Um, and then Once I got into like the health and wellness space, I kind of like started to do my own research and realized exactly what the pill does. And I decided to take myself off of it three years ago. And I thought that like, I would just get my period back. It would be fine. It would be a breeze. Like I wasn't super educated on hormones or anything. I just like took myself off of it um, with no help from anyone else. And I didn't get my period back for almost two years. Um, so for two years, I didn't have a cycle. I didn't have any symptoms of a cycle. Um, I didn't get my period. I 
started to experience all these different um, symptoms from hormonal imbalances. And I just had no idea what was going on in my body. Um, so I started to educate myself further. I was still in school to become a um, RHN at that point. And I started working with a naturopath. I started working with a nutritionist of my own. Um, and I just started educating myself further and trying to figure out what was going on in my body. Um, I've spent thousands of dollars on like testing and naturopath visits and all that stuff because like that's not covered by healthcare because it's not like Western medicine. Um, and yeah, through like all the testing, all the different things, trial and error, I got my period back almost two years ago now. Um, and it's been regular ever since every single month it comes, um, at the exact same time. And I'm like very grateful for it every single month. So yeah. And that just kind of like, um, I guess sparked my passion in hormones and in women's health. And so I decided to take it a step further and become like certified in women's health and take a couple specialization courses in hormones. That's awesome. I feel like me and you kind of had the same story ish, except you've gone way farther with it. I just recently came off the pill. Um, I stopped taking it back in March and I'd been on it since I was 13 because I had literal periods from hell when I first got my period. Like it was the worst situation on the planet. Like I was just staying at home all day. Cause like, I just couldn't leave the house. Um, so my doctors decided to finally put me on the hormonal pill. Like you are. Yeah. And I've been on the same one since 13 all the way up until December I switched one so I'm 22 so I've been on the same pill for so long and I finally switched it in December and then I did not like the one that they put me on and it was like making me super like mood swingy I was gaining some weight I just was not a like happy person so in March I decided to just completely come off of it I was like I just don't want to deal with it anymore I want to try to get everything back to normal So I feel like I'm where you were around like four years ago when you first started to come off of it and figure out like how to do with your, like where to go and what to do next. Um, So I'm like back a few stages from you. You're way ahead of me right now, but I feel like we're kind of have the same timeline story. So yeah, I think I was 21 or 22 when I came off of it. So roughly the same. Yeah. Yeah. So, cause I mean, it can affect you for being on it for so long and for you guys listening we're not specifically saying you have to come off the pill. Like, I don't want that to come off that way. It's just, we made these personal decisions to do that because of the way our body felt. Everyone's body is different. So keep in mind while you're listening to this episode that your body might be different. Talk to your doctors. If you do have access to a naturopath or someone who can help you with that, like Lulu in the long run. Um, Yeah, Uh, yeah, totally. Like everybody is so, so different. Like, I think it's important to just recognize that like whatever your reasoning is for being on the pill, as long as you know what it is that the pill actually is doing to your body every month and you're comfortable with that and you feel okay with that, then that's totally fine. And that's your choice. But a lot of women have no idea what it's doing and what it can do long-term. And I think that that's when things really um, like, that's when there's like a separation because then women come off and they expect like, to get pregnant right away. And then it can take years because they had no idea what was going on in their body. And I think we just need to open up the conversation and allow women to be more educated about what they do with their bodies. Right. 100%. I completely agree. Yeah. So 
going more into detail now that we've kind of got a backstory of like where you came from and like why you got got interested into this mm-hmm. um what were some of the symptoms and stuff that you were having that caused you to get in your mind like okay maybe i should come off this pill like what are some of the symptoms that women tend to see when their hormones are imbalanced and yeah. um you know just like daily things that you dealt with in the past yeah. So when I was on the pill, um, I didn't really have any symptoms. You don't really have hormonal imbalance symptoms very often when you're on the pill, just because it is, um, like feeding your body synthetic hormones. So they are like relatively balanced the whole time. Um, when you're on the pill, you're getting a dose of, as I said, synthetic hormones. And then for your one week of the month where you either don't take a pill or you take a like sugar pill as a placebo, Um, you're having a withdrawal bleed just because your body is not getting those synthetic hormones anymore. So a lot of women actually don't know that when you're on the pill and you get your period every month, it's actually not your period. It's not menstruation and it's not a cycle. It's just your body withdrawing from the synthetic hormones that it has the other 21 days of the month. So I didn't have any symptoms when I was on it. Um, but my reasoning for coming off of it was just, as I said, I educated myself, I understood what it was doing to my body. Um, and I also suffer with IBS and a lot of the hormone receptors are in the digestive tract and adding synthetic hormones to your digestive tract and to those receptors can affect them really negatively. And I had started to experience like a lot more, um, just like low immunity and like, um, poor digestion. And so that's what sparked me looking into it. And then from there, I just kind of like educated myself further on the pill. Um, But when I came off of it, the symptoms that I experienced were insane. So like hair loss, um, acne, my nails were super weak. um, My moods were all over the place. Like I would go from being so happy to like bawling my eyes out, like within a split second. Um, I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. Like, (laughs) like I was crazy and I was in a long-term relationship at the time. And I just remember him being like, are you okay? And I was like, no, I'm (laughs) not okay. No, I have no idea what's going on in my body. Like, I don't know what's happening. Um, and then just like, yeah, my, my skin was, I think the main thing for me, like it, like I, um, really like show a lot of like what's going on in my body in my skin as we all do. But I find that mine is just like so, so sensitive to everything um, that's going on around me and in my body. So I find that even when I'm like a little bit inflamed, I can like see it in my face. So my skin starts to just be um, like, I had never experienced acne really even like as a teenager, like nothing like that. And I started to just get like cystic acne um, around my chin and my jaw my whole forehead was just like weird congested little bumps that I had never experienced. And then I have really thin hair as it is. And like, I, it just started to come out in like chunks and I was like, okay, something's really not right here. Those are some, those are some severe symptoms. And I like hearing you talk about that. Like I was just telling you before we started recording, like I have noticed such bad acne on my like jawline and chin area. And I know I've like done research, like 
you know, whenever you start breaking out and you like look up that like face map thing, you're like, okay, what does this mean? And everything that I've seen is like hormonal for like my chin. So like everything you're saying is just like validating what I've been thinking about my own hormones myself in my head. I'm like, okay, yeah. Yeah. cause I never struggled with acne as a, like a teenager either. I was very fortunate to go through like high school and middle school and stuff without really having to have that struggle. But now yeah. I find myself being so self-conscious about my chin area and like, just like, it's not as much cystic, but more just like little bumps here and there. And I'm just like, Oh my gosh, like what is happening? So I completely agree. Like I can relate to that 100%. Yeah. And then I think like one of the biggest things for me was obviously I wasn't getting my period. So I like, I knew something was wrong. Right. That's like, yeah, that's like a big red flag. Well, yeah, it's like, um, in the nutrition world, like we kind of just say it's like a report card of your health as a woman, like every month when you get it, you're like, okay, like my body's functioning properly. Um, like it's actually getting a cycle and like the regularity of it, the severity of it, all those things come into play. But like, if you're getting it at least, then that means at least something in within your hormones is operating correctly. Exactly. So when you started to have these symptoms and you started like really thinking like, okay, something's off. And you went to, um, you said you went to a naturopath. Is that right? Yes. Right. Okay. So how did that go? Like, what did they do like specific testing? Um, like what was your treatment plan? So to say, can you kind of like just walk us through that a little bit? Yeah, totally. So, um, for about six months, I just kind of like tried to figure it out by myself. And then, um, like just to give you a timeline, I think I came off of it in December of 2017 and I didn't see a naturopath until um, like June of 2018. So I gave myself like six or seven months of trying to figure it out myself. And then I was like, okay, no, this is not working. Um, And I went to see a naturopath and I also suffer from chronic stress. Like I'm just a very high stress person. um, And I have been through like a lot of um, trauma and stuff in my life that has caused me to just like... I really internalized my stress um, and I didn't used to really deal with it properly. So my body was just always in a very high stress place. Um, so my naturopath tested me for um, basically like adrenal fatigue. So we did a cortisol test. It's a spit test. Um, you spit in a tube four times throughout one day. You freeze the tubes and then you bring them back um, to your naturopath and they send them off or she sent it off rather. Um, I'm in Canada. So like the testing facility was in a different province. So we freeze them, we send them off. Um, and what that is, is it's testing your cortisol levels at four different points throughout the day, because your cortisol is supposed to, um, be high in the morning to give you energy. It's supposed to dip and then spike again in the afternoon and then dip again in the evening for you to like wind down and go to sleep. Um, but when you're suffering from adrenal fatigue, you either have extremely high cortisol almost the like almost the entire day or you have extremely low cortisol and that's when your adrenals are fully burnt out and you're not producing any cortisol at all um and cortisol is a stress hormone for anyone who doesn't know so we tested for my cortisol levels um they came back that i was fully in adrenal fatigue so i had basically extremely high levels of cortisol in the morning and afternoon and then they would dip and I would hit a wall around like 3 p.m and I honestly it got so bad that there was about like a three week to four week period in my life where I could not get out of bed or off the couch past a certain time of the day 
because I, my body literally would not let me. Um, and then we also tested for any food intolerances. So we did a 250, um, antigen test. It's a blood test. So you eat these 250 foods, you eat like a little tiny bit of them over the span of two weeks. Um, it sounds kind of crazy, but it's like very easy. Like if you're making a stir fry or something, there's like at least like 15 different things in that you just need like a little tiny bit in your system to see if your body produces any antigens to these foods. So that when you take the blood test two weeks later, um, anything that is like an elevated antigen. Um, so basically what that is for anyone who doesn't know is like to put it very simply, it's like, if you have any, um, thing in your body that's trying to fight inflammation for a specific food, it'll come back on that blood test. So it comes back, um, again, you send it off and it's a three tiered test. So there's a green zone, a yellow zone and a red zone. The red zone is anything that you have a legitimate intolerance to. So it means that it actually causes inflammation. It causes symptoms, all that stuff. Um, the yellow zone is it's a little bit more internal. Um, it can just cause like changes in your mood or stuff like that, like stuff that's a little bit harder to actually like, um, catch. And then green is anything you're fine with. So we did that just to see if there was any extra inflammation, um, in my body to different foods I was eating. And then from there we did just like stress reducing practices. I had to start meditating every day. So that was two and a half years ago. I've meditated every single day, basically since then. Um, and then when it comes to hormones, like herbs are very big for that. So we put my, like, we put me on a, um, Chinese medicine herb. Um, like it's like a tea. We put me on that. I started with, um, Vitex and black cohosh, which are both, um, really good for regulating the cycle and regulating ovulation. Um, I started doing acupuncture because acupuncture is really good for your hormones and digestion and all that. So we would do, um, acupuncture on my whole entire body. And then we do, um, IMS, which is a thicker needle that goes in, um, sideways instead of vertically. And it goes into the muscle a little bit deeper. And we would do that right over top of my, um, reproductive organs. And I was doing that once every two weeks. Um, and then just like staying on top of my supplements and my diet. Um, I already had a relatively, um, balanced and healthy diet just because like I am a nutritionist. I know like what my body thrives off of and I don't really eat processed food or processed sugar too much in the first place, but I had to completely cut out coffee. Um, I had to cut out all sugar and I had to start eating a lot more carbohydrates and a lot more um, healthy fats. I probably should have mentioned this before, but I actually used to have um, an eating disorder. So I had to like really mentally, I was still kind of mentally in that at that time. And I had to, so while I'm trying to do all this work on my hormones, actually move through that mentally as well, because I had to start eating so much food because as a woman, like we need, a specific amount of all the macronutrients every single day in order for our body to have enough energy just to sustain our life. And then your period is something that's not necessary for life. So that's something that gets cut off really easily if we are under eating at all. If we're like, you see it a lot in like bodybuilding and extreme dieting that women lose their cycles. And it's because they're not eating enough to even fuel themselves, let alone like fuel 
their body to reproduce. Um, So yeah, I just had to get like very, very like clear on how much I was eating, what I was eating and my supplements and all that. No. Yeah. I love that you mentioned that the fact that the period, like your period falls off so easy. Like you just said, especially in young girls that are collegiate athletes or yeah, be a collegiate athlete, like high school athletes, even like it can be so easy to completely miss why it's gone, like not even realizing it. And under eating is such a big thing that has happened. Like I have lost my period before due to under eating, like, and it takes so much time to get it back. And the mental aspect of it, like you were saying, it's just like such a barrier that you have to work through. And you can't do that alone. You can, but it takes so long and it's so hard to do do it alone. So that's why we're here and we do what we do um, in order to help you and everyone listening and ourselves even like get through to where we actually eventually need to be. Um, Exactly. Yeah. That's like, honestly, that's why I chose to specialize in like disordered eating and hormones because the two go hand in hand so often and it's so hard to tackle one of those things, let alone both of those things at the same time, which most women usually have to do. Um, and you do like, you need support in some way. 100%. It, yeah. That's with anything in life. Oh, it's absolutely. so hard to do anything in life without the support of another person. Absolutely. Yeah. No, like I would not have been able to correct the things in my body without like the help of my naturopath. Like I needed her and as someone in the health space, you, you recognize so much more how important it is to actually like seek out help from someone else. Yes, I completely agree with that. Going back to what you were saying about the herbs, what were the ones that you mentioned that you were taking? Yeah. So, um, black cohosh is really great for, um, regulating estrogen and then, um, Vitex, which is chase berry, is also really good for regulating your cycle and regulating ovulation. Um, I take a supplement that ha- has them both combined. It's called Chase Berry Plus. I can find it and send you a link so you okay, can link awesome. it below. Yeah. That being said, um, like if anyone is thinking about trying these herbs, they are really, really widely used. Like there aren't a ton of like contraindications for using them, um, but with Vitex, you should only take it for about a three to six month period. After six months, you need to go off of it because it can actually um, cause like negative side effects. You need to cycle on and off of it. Um, But usually you take it for about two months. It'll start regulating your cycle. After that, you have to be super diligent and take it every single day. Um, And then it should start to help. And then I would, I usually with clients um, get them to continue usage till about five months. And if their period has been regular for at least two months in a row, I'll get them to come off of it for a couple months and just see what happens. So just be mindful if you are thinking about taking um, either of those herbs or both of them together, just that you can't take them consistently forever. It's not very good for your body. Gotcha. Awesome. I've never heard of those herbs before. Um, So that's why I wanted to go back and kind of touch on it as there are new words to me. The one that I have heard that helps, which I want to get your opinion on, is the ashwagandha. I know but I didn't know if it helps with hormones as well because I've seen some like health influencer stuff and stuff that like talk about hormone, which obviously 
you're certified in it. So I'd rather get your opinion on it because you know how the influencing world can be. Um, But yeah, what's your opinion on that? Um, yeah, so ashwagandha is really good. Um, ashwagandha is an adaptogenic herb, so it will adapt to whatever your body needs it to do. Oh, ashwagandha is a little bit more, um, like it focuses a little bit more on stress and like cortisol as the hormone that it helps to balance. Okay. It is good for like your hormone, your, um, like all your hormones in general, but it is a little bit more, um, focused on like stress and that kind of thing. Okay. Uh, maca is also a really good one. That's another mm-hmm. adaptogenic herb. Um, that's a good one. That's, I love maca. Me too. And it's really, really good for balancing your hormones. Um, but it's something that a lot of people don't know is that when you're taking maca for hormone balance, it's actually better to take it in the um, first two weeks of your cycle. So like your cycle is on a 28 day um it's a 28 day cycle. And so the first 14 days, it's better to take maca um, than the second 14. It just affects the hormones a little bit different and you have different hormone levels throughout your cycle. So it's more beneficial to take it during the first two weeks. Huh. There's a fun fact. I didn't even know that. Timing is everything with these kind of things. (laughs) Totally. Um, Another thing that I had um, that you kind of touched on a little bit was incorporating healthy fats into your diet. Yeah. Um, so by adding like healthy polyunsaturated fats into your diet, such as like omega threes, omega sixes, I've read up that these can help reduce your, um, like appetite and decrease, it decreases like the risk for like overall chronic illness and obesity and everything in general, but the fatty acids can signal the productions of leptin. Healthy fats are like one of the most key things that you can do for your hormones because they're actually the building blocks of your hormones. Okay. So if you're not eating enough good quality healthy fats, then your body um, can't produce hormones in the way that it should. Like omega, it's important to have like a healthy balance of omega-3 and omega-6. Like omega-6 are really, um, like people talk about them as being bad for you. They're not inherently bad for you. Um, It's just, you don't ever want your omega-6 levels to rise above your omega-3 levels. You want them like well below and you want your omega-3 levels a lot higher. Um, just because omega sixes can be inflammatory at, um, a higher level. So you want to make sure that you're eating lots of good quality, um, healthy fats that have omega three fatty acids in them. So that's like avocados, flax, um, flax oil, organic, like ghee, um, nuts, salmon, exactly like fatty fish, like salmon, um, Cod liver oil is really good as well. Okay. Like any kind of fish oil is really good. Hemp seeds. Um, what else? Anything, anything like that. Coconut oil and coconuts. Um, coconut does have omega six in it, so um, just be mindful of right, not eating exactly. like a ton of coconut. But it is <laughs> very good for limited you. amounts. Limited amounts. Every, everything in in um moderation. Yeah, totally. and coconut like not to make coconut sound bad or anything coconut is actually very 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 beneficial it has lauric acid in it which helps to heal the skin um and right. it's really beneficial for hormone production exactly and you guys listening as you heard us like listing off some of those things a ton of those things that we just like listed off are perfect in smoothies so if you're yeah. like how the heck would i incorporate this into my diet like smoothies like it's oh, so yeah they're like flax seeds hemp seeds even like a tablespoon of cod liver oil. Like it sounds gross, but like you won't even taste it if it's blended up with a bunch of good fruits and veggies and stuff. I promise you. I actually buy a cod liver oil that's 
flavored. It's like naturally flavored. I think it's mint flavored and it's not even bad. It literally just tastes like it's just oily. Like it doesn't taste like fish at all. I need to find that one because the cod liver oil that I have tried is not flavored. Okay. I'll try to find a link and send you that too. (laughs) Yeah. Awesome. Cause that would make things so much easier. And especially if you were doing like, like you said, the mint one, like you could easily do like a chocolate mint smoothie or something like that. And it would be so good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then the next thing that I had written down when we were talking about supplements was vitamin D. So I know vitamin D is like, everyone's deficient in it for for the most part. Like so many Americans and everyone like living is pretty much deficient in it because we don't spend enough time outdoors in the sun enough to absorb it. And then when we are outdoors, we're wearing clothing and we're wearing sunscreen if we're like on the beach or something. So do you have any, um, anything to put in about vitamin D and hormones? Cause I could be completely off with this, but I've heard somewhere and read some things about it having something to do with hormone balancing. That's why I had it written down. Um, yeah. but you would be able to explain that to us. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, vitamin D is like, it helps to regulate insulin and the thyroid hormone. Um, it's also just, as you said, something that is so, so frequently low in, um, like humans because at like we go outside, we are fully clothed or we lay in the sun, we're wearing sunscreen. Um, people are really scared of the sun now, which is honestly just kind of crazy to me. Like, (laughs) yes, wear sunscreen, but like this, like, how do you think people lived for thousands of years before? before, yeah. Yeah. Like vitamin D is so, so, so beneficial. And if you go outside without sunscreen on for 10 to 15 minutes and you lay in the sun, you're getting like at least 200% of your daily recommended vitamin D. So what I do is like, if I'm going to lay in the sun, I'll go outside, I'll lay for like 10 to 20 minutes with no sunscreen. And then I'll put sunscreen on because I know that my body is getting all that vitamin D um, that it needs. And then I'm also protecting my skin because 20 minutes in the grand scheme of things is not going to do anything too, too crazy or like terrible to your skin. Um, but yeah, vitamin D is really good for the thyroid and for um, insulin. I think that's great advice to like go out. Cause like I'm the worst when it comes to sunscreen. Like I set reminders on my phone when I go out to like remind myself to reapply. Like I'm yeah. the worst. Um, so I, I'm, I might be getting a little more vitamin D than the average person, but some people are so on top of it with their sunscreen and stuff. So they, they really aren't absorbing any vitamin D. And also this is a good supplement to take you guys. Cause vitamin D really doesn't come from many food sources and it's mainly the sun. So if you can take a supplement for it, go for it, especially right now during COVID. I know there's been research found that um, it does help with the progression if you do contract COVID or anything like that. So this immune, it's really good for the immune system. I just yeah. wanted to add in like, it's exactly. very, very crucial for your immunity. Exactly. So all around, just like take vitamin D supplement. Yeah. <laughs> We're just going to recommend it. Yeah. And then another thing that you touched on, which is kind of one of my favorite topics, you were talking about your gut and how you have um, IBS and stuff. So I would definitely recommend like taking a high quality probiotic and incorporating fermented foods. So by taking a probiotic, this can help balance your gut microbiome. And as I've talked about before in previous episodes, your gut is directly connected to like everything in your body health wise. So literally everything. Yeah. Yeah. Literally everything. So probiotics can impact, um, a lot of things when it comes to 
your health overall, but specifically your hormone levels, like you were discussing before. So do you want to talk a little bit about uh, probiotics and how you incorporated that to help with your hormones as well as your IBS? Yeah, totally. Um, so a lot of people actually don't know, but um, estrogen is metabolized like by the liver and in the digestive system. Like a lot of hormones are actually. Um, so if your gut is not operating correctly, you're not um, digesting foods, you're not absorbing nutrients, or you're just like you have leaky gut or anything like that going on, then you're not going to be metabolizing um, estrogen and you're estrogen levels are going to raise because your body can't get rid of any of it. So that's going to cause obviously a spike in estrogen, which is going to cause all your other hormones to um, go down. And then that leads to obviously hormonal imbalances. So it's really important to prioritize gut health above literally everything else. I would say like if I had to pick one thing in the body that like we all need to prioritize, it would be gut health because it, as you said, the gut is controlling everything else like serotonin your happy chemical like literally everything is from the gut basically so yeah fermented foods is really huge um a good quality probiotic and like a probiotic that actually works for you a lot of people have to like try different ones and it's very um dependent on the person right um so just like see what works for you if you start taking a probiotic and you don't feel like anything is shifting then it might just be not high enough or it might not be something that works with your body i've taken so many different ones um and like a lot of them just don't work for me you also have to make sure that you when you take a probiotic um you're taking it right before you eat something so that it actually gets delivered to the gut. Because if you take it on an empty stomach, nothing is going into your gut at that time. So the probiotics not going to go into your gut. Your body's not going to like automatically think that this gulp of water with a pill in it needs to be digested. So you need to take it with food so that you're actually digesting the food and the probiotics are going into your digestive system at the same time. Um, but yeah, uh, fermented yeah, so food, so like about, kimchi, yeah, kimchi, all that stuff. kombucha, sauerkraut, um, anything. Yeah. Else. Another thing I want to touch on with the probiotics is the thing about probiotics, these are live cultures. So, and it's good bacteria, it's healthy bacteria. So what you want to focus on when getting probiotics is the best ones that I have found at least that work for me and some of my clients and stuff is ones that you have to keep refrigerated because once they're heated up or taken out of refrigeration and, and stuff, they tend to die off. So if it says 75 billion live cultures in the probiotic and it's in a pill form, it just, just sits on the counter and cabinet. Sometimes you, when you take it, you might only be taking 30 billion at that point because some of them have died off. So if you find some that you keep in the fridge and it's actually like a live culture, then, and I'm not talking about like this little like pet that you see, like, it's not like that. It's still going to be in pill form and stuff, but, um, it is more high quality if you are having to keep it in the fridge and keeping the probiotic, so to say alive. Um, and that's also yeah. why with fermented foods, you don't want to be heating them up because it's get, it's going to kill off those live cultures that you want to be in your gut. So like if you're having sauerkraut, don't heat them up. Or if you're yeah. having kimchi, don't heat it up, eat it cold. Um, I mean, if you're eating it warm, it's you're still probably getting something. You're just not getting the full benefits. And I also want to add taking a prebiotic along with your probiotic. 
So the probiotic yeah. is the actual live bacteria that you, the good, healthy gut bacteria that you want in your system. The prebiotic is the food for that bacteria. So if you're taking yeah. the two together, um, you're going to get even more plentiful, good bacteria in your gut because they're going to be able to thrive longer. They're going to be healthier because you're giving them that good prebiotic to go along with it. So I just wanted to yeah, like throw totally. that in there. <laughs> No, no, no. That's so important. I literally do not trust probiotics if they don't have to be refrigerated. I'm no. like, I, there's like a couple that I'm like, okay. Um, if you're traveling, then like, there's a couple right. that are like certified by like actual, um, clinical brands that are okay. And they're a little bit more like shelf stable, but I recommend like everyone take a probiotic that has to be kept in the fridge. 100% agree with that. And the one brand that I think of off the top of my head that does have some shelf st shelf stable ones that could work if you're traveling and stuff is Thorn. I don't know if that's the same one you're thinking of. Um, no, I'm thinking of um, Genestra, but I don't know if they, I think that's, well. yeah. So Genestra has a really good one um, that's shelf stable. And then they also have um, one it's called HMF intensive. So if you're having like really, really terrible gut issues, this is a super, super intense probiotic. I think you can actually, you can get it at a few health food stores here, but I feel like other than that, like a practitioner has to actually order it. So like I have access to like all the Genestra products, um, because I'm like a practitioner, I have a designation, right? but I think you can get them at certain places, but yeah, that's a great brand. And then Thorn is also a really, really good brand. Yeah. So those are three good ones. And I can put those in the show notes for you guys too, to just kind of link and go look around and see um, if there's something you'd be interested in, but we definitely recommend probiotics, prebiotics, yes. fermented foods. Um, I know on Thorne's website and probably the websites that you were just saying too, they also have vitamin D supplements. So you totally. can like a one, one stop shop there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. The last thing that I had on my list that, um, we can touch on, which I kind of touch on in every health topic. Cause it kind of just like, it's kind of like your gut health. It's an overlaying thing that if you have this, then you're going to have like better health and that's sleep. Um, yeah. And I think you could touch on this, but by having a sleep schedule, that's all off and your circadian rhythm is just like all off. If you're staying up till the crack of dawn and then sleeping until 3 p.m. Um, your, your hormone levels are going to be off. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing with sleep is um, like sleep is when your body regenerates itself. So like regardless of whether we're talking about hormones or digestion or like anything in the body, really sleep is when like you don't have any, like you're not awake. So your body isn't having to worry about walking or moving or exerting any energy other than just like the body processes that it Ha like has going on at all times. So when you're sleeping, um, like hormones are released into the bloodstream. And like, when you're sleeping, your, um, as I said, like your cells are regenerating all that stuff, your hormones are regenerating and being produced. Um, and your body has a chance to actually like come back to homeostasis a little bit more because it doesn't have any like stressors on it. As I said, it's not exerting itself in any way. So sleep is so, 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 so huge. And I find that like probably almost 75% of the time when clients come to me and have hormonal imbalances, they're not sleeping properly. Right. Yeah. That's a huge thing with and just like, like you said, health in general too. Like that's a reason why people aren't losing weight too. It's like one of the biggest reasons. Oh yeah. Lose weight. Absolutely. Like 
it's so, so, so huge. Um, sleep is like literally one of the most important things like drink water and go like get eight hours of sleep. And I promise things in your life will shift without doing anything else. Right. Um, so while we're kind of on the topic of sleep, I know you mentioned that you've been meditating for two years consistently, which is so impressive to me. Like that's such a hard thing to like actually sit down and make yourself do. And the fact that you've been doing it for two years, like consistently is amazing. So do you have any tips for us people that are trying to get better at meditation or just get started in general? Um, I used to meditate way more than I do now. I, when I went through my yoga teacher training, we did like 24 hour meditations, walking meditations, and they were so impactful. Um, so anything that you have suggestions for everyone listening, like how to stay consistent with it and even like how to get started. Yeah, totally. Um, I just also wanted to touch on in regards to sleep and yeah. like hormones, magnesium is really huge. Oh, okay. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to quickly talk about that because that is like one of the main things that I recommend for like almost every single client. Um, if you have trouble falling asleep or staying asleep or your hormones are out of whack, um, magnesium is really huge because it helps calm the nervous system. It also helps with like um, muscles and stuff like that, like muscle fatigue and soreness. But, um, when you're on your period, especially women need a higher dosage of magnesium. So if you're not taking magnesium at all, I would really recommend getting like a high quality magnesium, um, supplement. I usually recommend like a biglycinate, um, strain of magnesium and to just take that right before bed and it'll help a lot. It'll also help with your hormones and with any PMS symptoms as well. Um, both magnesium, just like start off slow cause it can cause like loose stool and digestive upset, right. but I just want to touch on that quickly. And then meditation, meditation is like meditation has changed my life and it sounds so like cliche and I just sound dramatic, but like, like, honestly, as I said, like I'm such a high stress person, I'm so type a and I'm so go, go, go all the time. And meditation really just like brings me back to myself and grounds me. So I meditate every single morning usually. Um, and then if I'm stressed or, um, I'm like a little bit wound up, then I'll meditate before bed as well. But every morning, non-negotiable, um, I have like an hour long morning routine. I'm like so over the top, but I swear to God, it keeps me sane and like makes me a better person. So I meditate every single morning. I use the insight timer app. It's free. There's like a paid feature too, if you want to It's so good. There's like a paid feature if you want to do courses and stuff, but I just use the free version of it. Um, All the meditations are free. You can search them by like what you want to focus on or by length or by like the person themselves. Um, And it's honestly so, so good. It's amazing for beginners because there's short ones. There's a whole section for just beginners as well. Um, but yeah, I use that. I meditate every morning, even if it's just like a five minute meditation. Yeah, I was gonna I, ask, do you do like the same one yeah. every day or do you change it up or no, I change it up. So I don't do a guided meditation every day. Um, sometimes I just do like, I just put on some like calming, like yoga type music and I just meditate that way. Or sometimes it's a guided one and I'll meditate from like anywhere from like five to 20 minutes. And then I have like a whole, like all these rituals that I do in the morning. So I'll like pull, um, tarot cards, I'll journal. Um, I have some like positive self talk and just like manifestation work that I do every morning as well after that. And I find that all those things 
together really keep me a lot more grounded. Um, but when I was starting out with meditation, like I'm very, very, like I'm a huge perfectionist and I was like, Oh, I can't like, my mind isn't clear. Like I still have thoughts. Like I'm not doing this right. I'm never going to be able to do it properly. Like, um, I was just so discouraged by it and it took me so long to actually fully develop a practice because I was just overthinking it. And I thought that it had to be this like crazy spiritual practice where your mind is completely blank and like you have crystals and incense and all that stuff. And you're like levitating off the ground and like all the stuff that we're like made to believe basically. (laughs) And like now my practice is so long and I do like have crystals and Palo Santo and like all the woo woo things and I love them. But you don't have to do anything a certain way, like in right. life. And that goes for meditation as well. Like your mind does not have to be blank. Like mine still isn't. I've been meditating for over two years and like, you just have to be present with yourself in that moment. And if a thought comes in, acknowledge it, understand that it means something to you, but in that exact moment, it's not going to serve you. And then just like release it, let it go, come back to your breath. Like that's just what I was say. yeah I was about to say any thoughts that come in I used to have to just sit with it for a second and then like eventually I was like okay it's gone it's over yeah no right. totally just like you're not gonna never think about anything ever again while you're meditating like you just have to let but let whatever comes come and then let it go because I like have some of my best ideas while I'm meditating and I'm like okay like I get like little like downloads and stuff like that while I'm meditating because I'm so present in that moment and I'm just paying attention to my breath and then like I'll write them down after or something but you just like even if you're just gonna sit there and like take a few deep breaths like that in itself is a form of meditation oh exactly people like like you're saying the whole levitating off the ground and stuff there's such a huge misconception with meditating that people don't realize it can be as simple as you make it and I think that's even when I first started because I, like I said, I don't do it as much anymore, which I really need to get back into it. Your morning routine sounds like the perfect morning routine. I would have loved to adapt something like that. Um, <laughs> but even when I was like doing my yoga training and stuff and I was super into it, and I had a really good routine and we're doing these long meditations with my groups and stuff. Um, it was at the very beginning, I was like, this is so frustrating because I thought I was doing it wrong. But in reality, there's really not a wrong way to meditate. Like everyone's meditation experience is going to be so different. It's just a matter of accepting it the way it is and just like sitting through it pretty much. Yeah. Like I literally say this all the time on my Instagram. I say this to my clients. There's no right or wrong way to like be healthy and to prioritize yourself and to prioritize your like well-being. And that goes for like meditation, eating, the way that you move your body. Like it is like whatever feels good to you is going to make you your most vibrant and happy self, like in all seriousness. Exactly. 100% agree with that. Right. Okay. Well, I went through my DMs before we got on this call and I kind of just looked to see if I had any questions about hormones. And Mm -hmm. I had a few, and there was two questions that it popped up a lot that I saw that I thought maybe you could help us with. (laughs) And one of the main ones was, should I be exercising while I'm on my period? Like, should you be doing, and if I, if you should, like what kind of exercising should you be doing? Yeah. So, um, your body, like your cycle is 
four phases um, is broken down into four phases. Right. So there's different ways to eat. There's different ways to like live your life during each phase. I have blog posts on this. I can send you links to them and you can link them below for people to read a little bit more. Um, But we'll like specifically for when you're on your period, your hormones, um, like when you're leading up to your period are all um, going down. So when you're on your period, your hormone levels are at their lowest. Your body is um, using extra energy to like actually remove that like uterine lining and remove the egg and like shed all of that stuff and get it out of your body. So your energy levels are automatically low. I'm sure we can all relate to that. We all know what it's like to like be on your period and have to like literally drag yourself out of bed. Um, And then it, especially if you have like PMS or any kind of symptoms like that as well, like a lot of women have really painful and horrible periods. Um, You don't want to be doing anything that doesn't feel good. So when you're on your period, it's good to slow down. It's good to Um, slow down in all aspects of your life, not just working out. So like, don't make crazy plans when you're on your period, like take time to yourself, have a bath, like watch a movie, do something that makes you feel good. And when it comes to exercise, you don't want to do anything like hit, you're not going to go to F45 or do spin. Like you're not going to do anything that's like really, really um, vigorous because your body just doesn't have that extra energy. It's using all its energy that it has to as I said, like shed that lining and the egg from your body. So you want to just like walking, Pilates, yoga, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Very low impact. Slow Exactly. Very controlled. Exactly. All right. Awesome. And then the next question that I saw a lot had to do with dairy products. So I know this is kind of controversial in the health world between you should be eating dairy products. You shouldn't be eating dairy products la 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 whatever vice versa if you have intolerances and stuff if you're lactose intolerant and things like that obviously be more weary but specifically focusing on hormones do dairy products affect your hormones um so the like the reason that cows produce milk is because they are either pregnant or they just gave birth or they're artificially artificially inseminated and they're made to like their bodies think that they're pregnant Mm -hmm. um so they're producing milk because their estrogen levels are higher and they are either, as I said, pregnant or made to believe that they are. So there is excess estrogen in cow's milk, um, just naturally because of that. And then also, um, a lot of like conventional dairy is pumped with hormones to, as I said, make them believe they're pregnant or to induce birth or whatever it is. Um, so I never recommend conventional dairy. However, with like organic pasture-raised dairy like I eat like cheese a little bit I never drink like milk um but I I am I'll eat cheese and stuff but I drink almond milk like yeah exactly me too and like when I do eat cheese it's either like goat cheese or it's organic actual like pasture-raised cheese I um there's not a huge cheeses yeah me too I'm like I know I'm so about that like goat feta okay yes um amazing (laughs) um But like, it's just with anything else, like you're, if you're eating a ton of it, it could have a little bit of, um, like uh, an effect on your hormones, but nobody's sitting there and eating a block of cheese, like in all seriousness. So it's really not going to do anything too harmful to you. True. All right. Well, I think that was everything that I had jotted down talking about specific topics. 
Um, do you have cool. anything else that you want to touch on that you think we should bring up? I don't think so. Um, as I said, I'll send you those links to those blog posts. So if anyone listening wants to know more about like the four phases, they can just um, go to those. I also have a uh, podcast episode on them that I'll send you as well. But other than that, I think we pretty much covered like the basics of it. Yeah, that was, that was way more than I knew. So you helped me out a ton. So I know you definitely helped a lot of my listeners out. Um, I like to end these episodes with just asking all of my guests three fun questions. Like I told you I was going to do. Um, cool. so the first question is what is your favorite? Food? Um, what is my favorite food? Ooh, that's so hard. Like, um, I'm obsessed with smoothies, but I'm also like, I like chocolate. Anything is like totally my jam. Oh, yeah. So like, I can relate. <laughs> it's probably a tie between those. Um, like if I had to pick, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Is it like a chocolate smoothie or like chocolate like candies or? I've been making. Okay, so I've been making this smoothie for the last like uh, probably like two weeks, and it's chocolate vegan protein powder, banana. Um, and then it has almond butter and then I put coffee and I put, yeah, like just a little tiny splash of like extra coffee left over from like my coffee in the morning. And then I put frozen cauliflower to make it like really thick and it's so good. It's just like chocolate, banana, almond butter, coffee. It's literally tastes like ice cream. It's so good. That sounds amazing. I love that you just said you use frozen cauliflower in your smoothies because someone had replied to a comment on one of my pictures asking like they didn't like banana or something because I made it said to use frozen banana to make their smoothie thick and I remember mm-hmm. I was like oh frozen cauliflower and they were like I have never heard that before so I'm glad <laughs> you just said it too and I was like I think like no it's not weird I do like a piece of frozen banana um and then I'll do like frozen cauliflower or frozen zucchini is really good too I think people are like scared of bananas like people have demonized fruit and like honestly fruit is so good for you it's and so like just if if that's the reason you're not putting banana in your smoothie, like you put, put the banana in your smoothie, put, but all the cauliflower because veggies too. <laughs> yeah. The cauliflower too, yeah. like it doesn't have any flavor really. Like, so when no, you put it, not at all. thicker. Yeah, not at all. It's so good. No, I would love to hear that you were doing that as well. Because when I got that comment back, I was like, wow, is that like not a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been doing that for so long. Yeah. It's, it's so good. So my yeah. second question is, what's your favorite form of exercise? Um, I love weightlifting. Yeah. Um, but I also really like circuits. Like I used to be a spin instructor. Um, and I like now, like I couldn't even imagine like doing more than like one spin class every few weeks like I would probably die but like I really just love weightlifting and like any kind of like weighted circuit because I just feel like so like strong after oh I can completely relate to that like after like even like I remember someone we were talking about like one of my other podcast episodes deadlifts like they're so empowering oh yeah or like a heavy like barbell squat like I'm just like okay yeah like I I just did that (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) Yeah. And then, okay. My last question is what keeps you motivated to do what you do and like help the people that you're helping? Um, I think just like coming from a background of disordered eating and like so many hormonal imbalances. And I remember how lost I felt. And I remember like literally crying all the time because I just like felt so out of control in my body and I didn't know what to do. I think that when I reflect on that, it really brings me back because I just want to show women 
that you can live a life where you feel like your best and you feel vibrant and you live a balanced life and you don't, you're not scared to go out and like have pizza and wine and then like go to a workout the next day. Like you can do it all and you can feel good and you can have balanced hormones and like good digestion and just like a happy, vibrant, balanced life. Um, I think that that's really what keeps me motivated. Yeah. I love that. I love hearing these different answers from like everyone that I interview. It's so interesting, but the motivational one always, like, I love just like hearing why everyone, like why you do what you do pretty much. Cause it's, it's motivational to not only like everyone listening as well, but like to me too, to like, I just know that I'm doing similar things as everyone else. And it's just, it's very empowering. Totally. And I think it's just like so cool to listen to everybody's why, because like that is your driving factor. For sure. And you get to know them a little bit more and you see their background a little bit more. And it's just, yeah, it's amazing to get to know people um, on that sort of level. All right. Well, thank you so much for doing this episode with me. Like I said, you're so knowledgeable in this topic that I just needed you to come on here and help me push this information out to my listeners because I definitely couldn't do it alone. So thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. And like I said before, I will link all of her stuff in the show notes. We'll put your blogs and everything like that. You want to tell everyone where they could go to, if they want to work with you or follow you on Instagram or anything like that. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, my Instagram, um, is just Lulu Godden. Um, and then from there, everything is linked. Um, I have my own solo podcast and then I also co-host a podcast. It's called it's wild. That's linked on there. Um, my blog and website are lulugodenhealth.com. So you can find everything on there. You can find all of my um, services, my nutritional consulting. And then I also have a one-on-one um, more self-love focused wellness um, coaching program as well. You can sign up for my newsletter there. Basically everything is just on my website and on my Instagram Um, and yeah, I am accepting a couple more clients for August. So if you listen to this and you're like, wow, I really need help with all these things. Um, you can just go to my website and go to my, um, coaching application and just fill that out. And then, um, everyone who fills that out gets a 30 minute complimentary call with me just to see if we're both a good fit for each other. Um, and then we go from there. Amazing. And like I said, it'll all be linked down below. So if you missed any of that, you'll be able to just go click on it in the show notes. Um, But yes, thank you so much for doing this. And I will talk to you guys again next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I love you all and appreciate your support so much. I'll be uploading a new episode every Wednesday. So make sure you subscribe and share with your friends. Follow my Instagram and TikTok at Nutrition by Lex for more information and health inspiration.